Movies That Molded Me is a movie ranking game show where each player chooses three movies from a genre, theme, or actor. Then we rate each movie from zero to five. The player whose movie gets the most points wins the game. And in the process, we create a list of the top five movies for each episode. These are the movies that molded me. Everybody, welcome to Movies That Molded Me. Woo-hoo! I am your current host for the day, Elizabeth. Uh, I also have my co-hosts, Omar and Chris, and our newest co-host, Dax. And today we are talking religious movies. So guys, I won the last Movies That Molded Me episode. I'm very proud of myself. Thank you Good very job, much. Elizabeth. Congratulations, man. Uh, Good job. Good job. Yeah. Um, what so was the category just... then? Animated. Animated. Oh, wait, wait. That's, that might be a spoiler. Maybe not. Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, 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 it is if we're, since we're live on Facebook, but technically if this episode will be after that one. So it's okay. Oh, right. So, okay. Well, so I'm picking the order today. So going first in this this game we're going to have chris and i will Ooh, be second really i get to yeah. go first yeah you, you need it chris you need oh it. my gosh that it. is so nice thank you elizabeth you, yeah you're welcome you need i'm it. gonna remember that okay good because i'm second <laughs> <laughs> my list is very short so you better not be taking my stuff and then Omar, and then since Dax has seen everything, it doesn't matter where he goes, he'll have something to add to it. Dax, you get to go last. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have played that hand so early in our friendship. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So, well, um, yeah. Do, do we want to talk about these parameters of these spiritual movies or just go right to it? No, I think it's important to kind of set it up, uh, you know, exactly what we're looking for here. Dax, do you kind of want to maybe do that? Sure. Yeah, this so this is your is, idea. This was my uh, my idea. I figured uh, doing movies that uh, kind of focus around a religion uh, or faith would be a really interesting uh, idea because we, uh, in you know, American culture, we we get a lot of uh, of Christian movies, especially in the last handful of years. The market for a faith based uh, uh, actual feature length film is uh, gone up and up and up. Uh, there are movies and I'm not, I hope I'm not spoiling anyone's list, but there's movies like courageous or, uh, things like that, where they're actually genre specific, where they could be thrillers or action and things like that. Not just the, uh, left behind series or, uh, anything. But with that being said, we've had faith based religion movies as long as there's been movies. I mean, going back again, there's a bunch of versions of these, but how many versions of the 10 commandments has happened or Bible stories? Um, So there's a bunch of, bunch of ways you can go. The description I gave that I thought best described it was, uh, and this is a horror example. uh, If there is an exorcism movie and a preacher is coming to uh, exorcise a demon, that's one thing. That's a religious movie. If it is a, a house that is haunted, people are dead, dying, ghosts, that is a uh, non-religious movie. So there needs to be some foundation of a religion, but it's not limited to Christianity. It could be uh, Mormon faith. It could be um, you know, Eastern religion. It could be 
anything muslim any anywhere you go so uh we're not limiting that's to good, any one religion definitely Haina krishna all Haina krishna yeah good that's what i was expecting <laughs> from you well uh did you say so, Haina krishna is that already a point removed for a mispronunciation <laughs> is Heine Christian movies? <laughs> that, that was never put in the rules. I can miss them whenever I want to. Without, without, without deductions. It's called hashtag Omorisms. We just will hashtag the shit out of it. <laughs> All right. So that's, so, that's, the, that's the idea. All right. So thanks for the explanation, Dax. So Chris, you being first, yeah. what's your number three? Or give us a spiritual movie that is on your list okay uh here's the deal if at any time someone wants to question whether these movies are actually not fitting the parameters, god we're talking about sorry <laughs> blind faith okay we're, okay we're just going to go at it with blind faith uh <laughs> if at any time someone questions the parameters of whether or not i'm meeting it I, i'm just going to let you know that i have checked and triple checked and quadruple checked to make sure that these definitely match the criteria. So if you disagree with me uh, as far as whether or not it's a religious movie, then, you know, I'll hear you, but I'm probably going to heavily disagree with you. Okay. So uh, <laughs> the, the, the first movie that I'm going to put on this list is definitely a top five for me as far as like movies of all time. Uh, it is something that I've spoken about before, but I don't know that I've actually ever played on movies that molded me. Uh, and that will be uh, 2007's, P.T. Anderson directed There Will Be Blood. Um, and the reason, uh, well, let me just kind of give you a synopsis, okay? Uh, P.T. Anderson actually adapted this from a, a, a book called Oil, okay? Um, and it stars Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Dano. The score is by Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. Um, and essentially the plot is that an oil man uh, named Daniel Plainview has to appease a charismatic preacher at the turn of the 20th century and forsake everything, including family, uh, for capital, right? He's trying to get this land to, to drill on. Uh, the preacher, Eli Sunday, uh, claims to be the third revelation to his church, uh, of course, is spoken about in the Bible, but he proves that he is indeed a capitalist when he denounces God as a superstition in order to get money from Daniel, who has unknowingly deceived him. Now, at the end of the film, and I hate spoilers, but you're just going to have to deal with it, uh, Daniel claims to be the third revelation instead of Eli. Uh, and history, of course, has proven him correct as capitalism becomes more powerful and more influential than God and the church as seen in the worship of wealth and power in America. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis won the Oscar for Best Actor uh, and Robert Ellswit won for Best Cinematogra Cinematography for this movie. And this movie was stacked up against uh, No Country for Old Men. And um, 2007 mm -hmm. was an incredible year for movies. Uh, but yeah, it was. The Oh, my God. I the, the religious tones in this movie and even the scene whenever Daniel Plainview is being baptized in the church uh, is one of the best scenes, in my opinion, in, in all of filmmaking. Uh, it's just masterclass. Um, I think the movie is, uh, like I said, it's a top five for me. It's, it's a perfect movie. I, I can't say anything negative about it. Um, I believe that religion, uh, of course, is at the very heart of this movie because um, there's essentially a, a fight between um, 
the old way, of course, religion ruled in the 18th and 19th century. It, it ruled politics. I mean, you know, and then of course, at the turn of the 20th century, we see that that is no longer the case and that the religion is switched uh, to something that's a little bit less uh, spiritual. Uh, and so anyway, I, I give there will be blood a 20 hundred on the grayscale of five. It's going to get a five for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so five points. I yeah. have not seen this movie. So we're going to start that off real quick with a 1.5. Omar, what will you give? There will be blood. Uh, that's too bad, babe. Uh, I think you would enjoy this movie. Uh, Chris, it sounds like it. Uh, you have not played this movie, but we have talked about it before. I think maybe uh, a guest of ours played it at one point. And so we got a chance to, to go into it. And I've seen this movie a handful of times. Um, I actually, cause I know it's been played or at least talked about um by Chris because you know with his passion about it, I ended up rewatching it recently, and it still held up. It's it was better than I remembered it watching it the first time. Um, yeah, good strong play to start out with us. I'm gonna give your play a four point five. All right, thanks, Omar. Cool, Dax. Uh, what do you I, think about uh this movie? I I hundred percent saw this movie. This is really around the time that uh. Um, I really started caring in a legitimate way about the Oscars and actually having a vote every year, trying to see every movie that's nominated, all of that. So, um, yeah, this year was crazy. And uh, Best Picture nominees, just for context, is very actually one of it's not a, a not the same way we talk about diversity today. But as far as genres go, uh, it was a pretty diverse year. It was There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men, Atonement. Uh, Juno, the uh, now Elliot Page uh, movie, uh, and Sidney Pollock's movie, Michael Clayton, with uh, George Clooney, which, again, uh, that year is kind of crazy. I mean, it's it's back when we only had uh, a handful of nominees, and I think we've gone up to like nine or ten now. But, man, what a great what a great year. Uh, stiff competition. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel Day is fantastic. I mean, why he hasn't just been given the best actor ever <laughs> award and just call it a day uh, <laughs> is beyond me. Uh, he's just so good in everything he does. And this is no, nothing short of that. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, what is he? This is his third big movie um, at this point. And he is really making a name for himself here where he can kind of make anything he wants to. And he really, he really was flexing a lot on this one. I love this movie. It's not one of my go-to rewatches every year, but it is fantastic. I can easily give it a 4.5. Nice. Uh, That means that there will be blood has a 15.5 on the grayscale. Let's let's hear about your movie. All right. So thank you for not choosing mine. I'm giving you my top movie right now so that it doesn't get taken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good strategy. Yeah. I mean, that's the way, that, that's the way we're doing it. We're doing it just by rounds anymore. So it doesn't have to be like, you know, where you're, you don't have to save your best one for any, any reason whatsoever. So. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So I'm going with the 1986 Roland Joffe. I think you say his last name directed the mission starring Robert Nero and Jeremy Irons. This is uh, the nature of this movie. It's an 18th century Spanish Jesuit uh, group. They're trying to protect a remote South American tribe in danger of falling under the rule of pro-slavery Portugal. Um, 
this movie I really liked. Uh, the reason I put it here in this spiritual category is because of the Jesuits and the Robert De Niro character. Robert De Niro plays um, a uh, not a man of the cloth. He's the army guy who is trying to protect all of these Jesuit priests who are taking care of and who, or who are trying to Christianize, Catholicize the South American tribe. Um, and he wants to do penance for some of the, the bad things he's done in his life. And part of what he does is carries his a whole bunch of a load of crap, basically up a hill, up a mountain to get to this tribe and just does penance the whole time. He, he thinks that doing is going to find him forgiveness of his sins. Um, the, this movie was nominated for six different Oscars. It won best cinematography. The, the, the shots in this movie are just absolutely fantastic with the rainforest and the mountains and the uh, waterfalls and everything that they capture in this movie. And the storyline is great. I personally love it for its music. It did get nominated mm. for best score, but the music is epic. Um, and I just, I just really, really, really love it. Um, and it's an interesting movie because essentially Robert De Niro's character realizes that he can't work to gain penance. Um, it, he just has to find it within himself. So really interesting uh, movie. But yeah, I'm giving The Mission a five. All right. Elizabeth gives The Mission a five. I have not seen The Mission, uh, but it does sound very interesting as someone who just uh, actually studied uh, you know, Spanish and French missionaries, uh, in the new world. Um, yeah. I, I actually really want to see this now. Uh, so yeah, right. you would like it from an anthropological point of view. Yeah, for sure. Omar, have you seen the mission? <sighs> Unfortunately I have not. And so I'm not going to be able to vote or comment on it, but it does Oof. sound like it's, you know, like was a heavy hitter for its time. And I'm wondering why I haven't seen it. Um, with a lot of my family being missionaries and stuff. I don't know. It's interesting. All right. Um, And and just a little note real quick before we go on to Dax. If we have not seen this movie, we are now giving it 1.5 points. If all three of us have not seen the movie, uh, then Elizabeth will be awarded an extra point for a total of six points. Uh, So Dax, have you seen the mission? (laughs) Um, I have seen the mission. Uh, Damn it! And... And uh, it must have been, it was probably 15 years ago when Netflix started doing discs. And uh, I was somewhere that I didn't have a great video store. And that became my primary. I was getting seven discs delivered to me every single week. And I went down the actor category of any actor that I loved and just added everything from them I hadn't seen. So I've seen a lot of things that aren't like streaming movies or things like that. Um, this is a really crazy period for, for movies um, because we're coming out of the seventies and all the, the grittiness we've kind of talked about that on the 84 episode that will be out uh, tomorrow, I believe in real That's time. Right. Um, but this, just to give a little bit of context for De Niro uh, 78, he does the deer hunter 80 is raging bull um, king of comedy. Once upon a time in America, Brazil, then the mission follows up with Angel Heart, The Untouchables, Midnight Run. I mean, he's really kind of, it's, a, it's not a period that people think of as like some of the best movies in, in history. But uh, when you go back and really look at year by year, there was some really great stuff coming out at the time. And this is a very underappreciated, under, you know, talked about movie, especially in his career. 
Um, and I think it's a, I think it's worth watching. I kind of wish it was more available, but uh, as the description says, it is not like a, a fun, happy go lucky sort of watch no, either. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's not. It's kind of a, a slog. Uh, it's really good though. Um, I give it a 3.5. Okay. You can uh, rent this movie on Prime, by the way. Yes. It uh, most and things with, are thankfully available at least to rent on a digital copy at this point, but uh a lot of these things, these older movies don't have a platform that they just live on to watch yeah. all the time. I will say for anyone that's looking for weird things that they can't normally find, check out like Crackle and Tubi or Pluto TV. Uh those are some free apps you can stream things on. You just have to watch a couple commercials but a lot of this stuff that you can't find might be living in a place like that and i love the 3.5 nod for two reasons one you know it's, it's a decimal so there's that but also well, it, get, it gives elizabeth an extra 0.5 had you not seen it like so she ends up with 6.5 from all of us that it just sucks, so. yeah that's nice <laughs> <laughs> so that means uh, that uh, the mission is going to get 11.5 uh, points out of a possible 20, bringing us to Omar, your movie that you want to play right now. Oh man, I'm nervous. Um, I am too, because I, I don't want you to steal I have, mine. I, 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 I want to steal yours, but I don't want <laughs> my, my other one to be stolen because I feel like there's two different movies that I could play that might, you know, be, live side by side to something like my favorite movies for this category for sure um i'm think i'm gonna end up going with drum roll please uh <laughs> book of eli 2010 uh denzel washington uh I'm trying to remember who, who is uh, directed by albert hughes uh, and alan hughes i guess uh the hughes brothers I uh, don't know a whole lot about them. I'm sure Dice can get more more into that. But this movie for me, uh, when I first saw it in 2010, um, definitely had a lasting imp impression on me. I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan, so I was definitely going to watch it anyway. You have uh, uh, Ma Mia Kunis. I say your name wrong. I'm Mia sure. Kunis. Kunis. Mia Kunis. Uh, who, Mila. You know, the, the, the seven, <laughs> we both said it seven, wrong. <laughs> yep. Miley? Isn't it Miley? Mila. Miley, Mila Kunis. Mila. Mila. Yeah, forgive me. I mean, she's one of the hottest like actresses like on the planet. And she was, <laughs> she was in uh, the 70s show at the time, you know, so that was kind of a big deal. And like, uh, I don't know. Family if, guy. I don't know if she was perfect <laughs> casting for, for this movie. We can get into that as far as like, uh, kind of how she morphed into this badass like at the end of the movie and and that was kind of always one of my first crit major critiques is like i'm not really buying it but uh but yeah this this movie is awesome on so many different levels so i, I watched this in theaters the first time around having no clue that the main character the entire time was blind until the very end um and that you would think, you know, if you haven't seen that, spoiler alert, but that does not ruin the movie at all. I watched this movie last week to, to rewatch it to kind of see if it's still going to end up on the list. And it bumped up even higher for me now. It has even more of a uh, uh, sustaining power or an impact on me, I felt like. And, and, and I could t I'm like, how did I not know? There's so many different like tells uh, from the beginning of the movie on that like knowing that he's blind watching it. You're like, oh, that's why he's like, he hits the car with his bag before he goes and opens the car door to see if there's anything inside and, or why he, he's 
always has this great hearing you hear hearing stuff off in the distance and stuff and so um but but yeah so that that it was like one of the big reveals at the end of the movie the first time around but watching it this time there's so many other parts of this movie that are important um stories and markers to even like my faith so the story goes denzel washington play is is an apocalyptic end time movie and you have denzel Denzel washington as this this guy who's walking to the west he's just you know stay on the path keep walking He, he he He's quoted many times during the movie to stay in the path, to stay in the path. And he's he's just trying to make it out west because he feels like this voice, God, told him to do so. And you find out about halfway through the movie that he's going out there with this book. And this book is ter- terribly important. Um, you find out like when he ends up in the city line in, into city lines of this uh, apocalyptic type town ran by Gary Oldman who played just a, an amazing, I think, I think it was casted very well with, with Gary Ullman and Denzel for sure. Some of the other casting, I'm not completely, completely sure I'm bought on, but like I, just the antagonist and pr- protagonist of the story and how, how much even Gary Ullman's character knew that this book was important because he looked at it from a whole different perspective than say, Denzel's character was looking at it as like I like it's the word I need to protect the word you know and and he read the book he read the Bible every day they kept calling it the book they never referred to it as the Bible but it was always like the book the book and then but Gary Oldman's character he 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 was like I need this book so I can control people better and like I remember this one scenes one dialogue that I didn't catch the first time around how like impactful it was to like how i view religion now and like you know it's, he's already like running this town through fear and through manipulation and through power and you know it's you know everything's things that we throw away now people are like killing each other over in the future is, is the whole idea but and he's like but if i had this book people would listen to me because it's in the book i could just say hey i whatever i say they'll listen to me if i have this book because i can tie it back into the book and it's like wow like they're that hit so hard because with my experience in faith and religion, like kind of behind the scenes, it seems like so many men of power inside the Christian faith that's that are using those. They may not come out and be that honest about it, but it's like if they can tie what they want to say back into some sort of Christian message and back into the Bible, then they can feel justified writing, writing their own books on the subject and their own like ideas on things that maybe the book has nothing you know, like his initial intentions weren't that. And I think that was a very important part of the movie. Like um, a lot of spoilers here as um, he's makes it through the town. He's basically, you know, fuck you. You can't have the book. I'm going to find, he's like, I've been looking for a place to, to basically give this where, where it belongs. And Gary Oman's character trying to say, this is where the book belongs. He's like, no, I'm going to keep going West. And so they keep, he keeps going and ends up like in another altercation with, with, with like kind of like the final showdown sort of thing um, where he, Denzel Washington's character gets shot and loses the book. And you're just like, oh my God, you're like the bad, bad has won. What's going on? What's how's, how's this going to happen? And uh, Denzel's character ends up making it out West end up being Alcatraz is where he is going to. And, uh, and out there, they're actually were basically trying to start a whole, 
new world uh, for of information. Like all the different like major like literatures has had made it. Like Encyclopedia Britannica had made it. So basically, trying to maybe recreate civilization with a lot of these old like forms of art and literature and stuff like that. And so like that's where Denzel ended up showing and at the same time they're like split screening and you're like well he doesn't have the book but he's telling them he has the book but he has like basically the whole bible memorized and so that's the book of Eli is him laying down like one of the last things he does is like scribes this whole book like from from memory and uh then the Gary Oldman's character who who ends up with the book is foiled because he can't read can't read it because it's in braille so it's it's a whole full circle thing I I, I love the book um, and, and also, my, and my, me, how do you say her name? Kunis? Mila Kunis. Mina, Mila. And Mila, like one of, one of the impactful, you know, scenes with her in it, she's asking, you know, like, like, why'd you do that? Why'd you give away the book? Everything you've done just to carry it out West and you were so close, why'd you give it away? And, and uh, Denzel's response was classic. He's like, I spent my whole life protecting this book, but not realizing that the book is just telling me how to live and so it's not it wasn't so much that like he was putting the book over other people's lives other doing the right thing you know basically and and a lot of times that also tied back into just a lot of the things that i experienced in the christian church where we get so tied up in in the word of god that we miss the relationship part of it so there was all this tied into the movie so i give it a five it i would give it 20 million like chris would as well um but yeah if you right. haven't seen it, you may not need to now because I just basically broke down the entire movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was going to say we we but, had but four I, but we I had four it. watchers on Facebook and now we're down to one. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth, what do you think about the Book of Eli? All right, so I, I have to give it uh, I have to give it a three point five, and here's why: one, I it was it was really bloody, but I felt like it went slow. It felt slow to me. Um, now, I did only just watch it last week with Omar for the very first time. So, and so it didn't mold me and it, it got points taken away for it being slow. But otherwise, yes, I, the dialogue I felt was really great. Um, I love the dialogue and the, the premise of the book or the premise of the story was great. So 3.5. All right, Dax, what do you think about the book of Eli? Um, unfortunately, I think this is just completely known as a lesser Denzel movie. Uh, it's on kind of that list of things in the 2000s and on past 2010. That was, you know, it's, it's still Denzel. Denzel's always great, but they're just lesser, lesser films. Um, uh, so I, uh, I have to give it a lower rating than I want to. Uh, I, I don't see, I, I understand all the religion things and I want to put all the, uh, the implications is he uh, a prophet? Is he a man of God? Is uh, Gary Oldman supposed to be the devil? Is you know like what are we? What what is the metaphor here? And unfortunately, I think it just kind of misses a little bit of the message of the movie. It's a lot of style over substance um, for me, and so uh, I can give it a two point five. Ooh. Okay. Um, and actually, because Omar mentioned this movie in our post-apocalyptic movies or whatever, um, I actually went and watched this last, uh, actually it was last night. 
that I watched it because I wanted to make wow. sure I'd be able to talk about it just in case Omar played it. Um, and I do have a, a couple things to say about the movie. Uh, of course, I think uh, Denzel is a, a fantastic actor. I think he's killing it with what he's been given. Um, I, I loved the scene uh, when Denzel and Mila Kunis go into the um, the cannibal's house. <laughs> those, uh, those two characters for me were uh, a breath of fresh hair in the movie that seemed um, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, stale. The, uh, I, I absolutely hated the cinematography. I thought it looked really shitty. Um, the, the movie just looks bad. Um, interesting. I it, thought if, that was an interesting choice when I was watching. It. I don't know. I, if I were to compare it to another movie that did it well, I would say, you know, uh, Mad Max Fury Road kind of had a similar, uh, feel to it, but they did it a lot better. Um, I think that the, uh, the, the direction is just, not good. Uh, I, I hadn't really heard of these brothers before. Uh, I looked them up and uh, they haven't really done much. And I think they're mostly just famous for doing music videos and yep. uh, suing Tupac Shakur uh, back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't know if, if I were to judge this movie based on the fact that I, I think the acting is very well uh, done. Uh, and also I think that the, uh, the scene with the, with the older, cannibal couple was was pretty inventive and pretty cool um I, i'm gonna give it two points on the grayscale which means Ooh. that um the book of eli is gonna get 13 points on the grayscale sorry to say um what do you think about so that no. omar no it doesn't bother me at all i think you guys are wrong so it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you're, you're welcome to your opinions and i just think that you guys are scared to give it more points because you can <laughs> Um, I'm really hoping that your, your next movie is something that I love. Cause I, I, I want to give you good points. Um, no. All right. So that's going to bring us around, uh, to Dax's movie. Dax, what do you got for us? Uh, I had a very hard time with coming up with this list. I started with, uh, about 150, uh, movies to choose from, uh, narrowed it down to about 25 uh put them into categories significance the enjoyment as a kid watching them documentaries like all kinds of different breakdowns i decided just to go with uh the foundation of what what were the more influential ones to me as opposed to the ones that i think are more significant or that i really want to talk about so uh i'm gonna start uh at eight years old uh, a little movie came out called Sister Act. Ugh. And just took I mine. loved, <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't have played your best one first. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And so this is a uh, Whoopi Goldberg movie, although originally it was set to be Bette Midler, which oh, would have wow. made Really? Oh my goodness. Would have made it better in my opinion, because I think that's a better actress. But uh, this is like prime time for Whoopi. I mean, she's doing Jumpin' Jack Flash. She's doing uh, 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 comedy specials. She's everywhere. Uh, she is more of an actress than a personality at this point um, and is so good in this movie. She's so funny and weird. And her being paired with all of these older nuns and <laughs> uh, being thrown into Catholicism as a She's a nightclub lounge singer. She's uh, dating um, Harvey Keitel, um, who's kind of like a mob boss guy, which isn't he always. But um, (laughs) 
man, this movie is so much fun. The music is great. Uh, they take these like classic lounge kind of songs and turn them into religious music. And uh, the premise essentially is she's in witness protection program because she sees her boyfriend kill someone. Uh, gets into hiding in a convent and then turns the convent around, um, makes it uh, more, uh, the attendance has really gone down in the church. Uh, they have this really terrible choir. The pianist doesn't even have batteries for her hearing aids. Um, <laughs> so bad, so bad, yet so accurate. <laughs> I know. And, uh, and so she creates community in this neighborhood. They're in a... Uh, an area in San Francisco, which is where Whoopi started out, and uh, just revitalized the neighborhood, revitalized the church, and changes her life because now she believes in something where she had kind of been um, just going with whoever she was around, doing whatever she could to survive, and she finds community and love, and uh, I think this movie has so much heart. I think it's so sweet. I love anytime music can be used really well in a movie, whether it be score or actual singing or just needle drops. Um, um, a bunch of people you would know from this movie. I mean, Maggie Smith is in it. Harvey yes. Keitel, um, Bill Nunn. Um, there's a bunch of people and all of these. The science uh, guy. Yeah. Bill Nunn, <laughs> the science guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> All of these, all of these uh, ladies, you kind of don't, they don't get their, they don't get to shine as much because they're all covered up and set for their faces. And so to be able to act um, being really re restricted like that is a, is an interesting task. And I don't know. I just can't say anything bad about this movie. I would give it a, a 4.5. The only reason I give it a, a little bit less than a five is because, uh, it's not something that I'm actively engaging with year to year anymore. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, it definitely was huge as a kid. I watched it a bunch. I watched the sequel. Um, there's a third one uh, in development, which I'm pretty excited for. They made a Broadway musical of it. Um, Whoopi played M mother superior in the broad, in the London version of it uh, on stage. Um, and then I also, this is a really crazy thing. So it's a $31 million estimated budget, which granted that's, you know, non-marketing and all that stuff. It made $231 million worldwide. This was Very a good. huge success, a huge success. So yeah. Uh, yeah, fun movie, really great. Uh, I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. Elizabeth, what do you think about this movie since it was on your list? I'm sure it's pretty high. It is. It is. It's getting a 4.5 for me because it was one of our family favorites and we watched it all the time. Um, and when I don't, say all the don't time, sound I mean so sad. it was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this movie. I watched it all the time. I really love it. <laughs> whenever, whenever it was on TV, we didn't actually own it as any kind of like replayable VHS or anything like that. So you know, we had to watch it when it came on TNT way back in the day. So, um, so yeah, we, we loved it though. Um, uh, as kids, we, um, knew all the lines and all the songs singing them to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were, we were, it was great. It was great. I love it. Yeah. And it was one of the first ones that I remember watching with Whoopi Goldberg in it. And I love her as a, an actress, as an activist. I think she's great. So right. 4.5. Uh, Omar sister act seen it 
<laughs> I've seen it. Um, I mean, if we were doing a list of Whoopi Goldberg movies, I could see it being on my list at that point. Uh, but even then, not not. I don't know. I I don't know if I just never really got into Whoopi that much, or or what it was. But um, this movie had like zero impact on me. Um, I think I've only only saw it the one time uh, growing up. But but like yeah, I I remember there being a lot of hype around it. Like I know it's like everything that Dak says. I'm not saying that it's not true, but I just don't like it. So I'm over here trying to figure out like what's the appropriate score to give it. Um, I give it a 1.5. Okay. <laughs> it's almost as if he's never seen it. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much. That's how I feel about it. Kind of. I mean, like. Sure. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, um, I've I've seen Sister Act. Uh, I'm kind of an Omar's boat here. It didn't really do anything for me. I remember thinking it was funny. Um, there's one character in particular who is very shy, very withdrawn and ends up finding her voice. And she's got this incredible voice. I remember that, uh, that is a standout scene to me. Um, you know, I, I, obviously I think the acting is pretty well done. I don't really care for Whoopi nowadays. Um, and so I almost feel like docking a point for, uh, just how awful I think she is now. Uh, but I'm not going to hold that against her. It was a funny movie. It was good. Uh, middle of the road. I'm going to say a three, <laughs> which means Way to be diplomatic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that means that uh, uh, sister act is going to get a 13.5 on the gray scale. And that brings us of course, to the end of round one, we've got a couple of people commenting on uh, Facebook real quick. I want to give it a shout out to Nick. Uh, who um, hey. <laughs> uh, says that, uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> he says, I give it almost a perfect score, but I'm going to explain it like it's the worst thing ever <laughs> in response <laughs> to what uh, Elizabeth said about it. <laughs> uh, and then he says that Dax is breaking his categories up like he does uh, his adult viewing habits online, uh, which I think is pretty funny. And Renee just decided to pop in and say Constantine. So maybe that'll show up, Renee. I don't know. We'll see. You just have to, you just have to wait. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's recap this first round. Uh, I played, there will be blood. They got 15.5 points. Elizabeth played the mission, which got 11.5 points followed by the book of Eli with 13 points. Uh, and then finally sister act with 13.5 points. Uh, all right. I'm ready to start round two. That brings it to me, of course. Uh, and, and like Dax uh, said earlier, I kind of wrestled with which movies to play. I have, uh, you know, about five of them that I've actually written out a few notes about, and then I have about five honorable mentions, but I, I really kind of meshed my list as to movies that really like affected me, like meant something personally to me, but also movies that uh, are very important uh, as far as like what they've uh, done to bring light to something or, or whatnot. And so this next movie I'm going to play is uh, an absolutely incredible movie. Um, and that is 2015's Spotlight, uh, directed by Tom McCarthy, starring Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, and Liv Schreiber. Um, and essentially the plot is that in 2001, the Boston Globe's Spotlight uh, investigative journalism team reports on the worldwide cover-up of uh, sexual abuse by clergy of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, 
It's an extremely important bio, uh, biographical drama that validates the tens of thousands of victims um, of purity culture, essentially, at the hands of uh, the religious institution. Um, it won the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, it's incredibly acted. It it looks great. The story's good. Um, I think the uh, the Catholic Church has has a lot to answer for in their cover up of you know all the clergy across the world. Uh, that have been involved in, you know, molesting children, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And, and it, it's just a brilliant film. Uh, and I can't give it anything less than a five on the grayscale. Um, Elizabeth, have you seen Spotlight? I have actually. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is the one that was set in the eighties though, right? It was something of like a, uh, well, it started, 90s. it started out there, but like the, the actual investigative team, you know, released their uh, findings in 2001. Moves it out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was making sure I had seen it. <laughs> no, but I have, I, I liked this one. I liked t- taking it. I liked their, well, first of all, I love that it was a historical thing. Yeah. I like historical movies Same. a lot. Yeah. Um, and, but I also liked how it was a journalist team that was exposing the church. I, if, if the church is going to try and expose themselves and hold themselves to the standard of God, then somebody needs to. So um, the, the fact that the journalist tried to take on one of the biggest church churches in the world, probably the big, biggest church in the world. Like, For I mean, sure. that, that was, that was gutsy. That was really gutsy. So um, yeah, I agree with the, the cast. It was fantastic. Uh, so I'm going to give this one a four. All right. Uh, Omar, have you seen Spotlight? No, I haven't. And I'm wondering why I, I haven't. And Are you I sure you to. haven't? I'm fairly positive I have not seen this. And ba- Batman's uh, we watched it. a couple movies together, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and Mark Ruffio. Ruffio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Hulk. I yeah yes. I don't know I I <laughs> want to see want to see it now but it's funny because you know Elizabeth we watched a couple movies together this week um and they were ones that you haven't seen and it's like man I apparently I need to we should have you know dove into things I needed to see um because I'd like to have been better report <laughs> on this but one point five yeah. have not seen it uh seems like a good play I mean the purity culture has definitely affected my life I, I like how it's getting a lot of exposure. And like, you know, to have like, it sounds like some great acting and, you know, directing behind it. So I want to watch it. Uh, Dax, what do you think about Spotlight? Um, I, uh, I've rewatched this movie. I want to say 50 plus times easily. Um, I think that this story specifically, um, I watched a, a documentary about essentially this idea um, in 2006. Um, and it, crushed me i mean it really is one of those things where uh they are preying on children in a way that these were not the happy healthy families um they were the kids that were beaten mistreated that needed some help some exposure they picked them out they pulled them to the side they made them feel special and they took not only a lot of the times their first sexual experience away from them but they took away their faith their their god their religion and they took it away not just from the kids that were involved but from these reporters from everyone that learned about this story a lot of people left the church lost their faith lost uh respect for essentially the god that they had modeled their life after and it's like 
I said in our uh, Fade to Gray episode, I mean, faith is something that is beautiful. It's one of the most magical things that exist. Uh, and the fact that that happened to all these people is, is terrible. Um, again, the acting in this is really, really fantastic. Um, I, primarily, Mark Ruffalo is doing a really great job. Um, yeah. Michael, Michael Keaton, really, really, he's to do this homework. He is really being this guy. And then Liev Schreiber is doing a very understated, subtle performance where he typically gets to be kind of the straight guy, but he's, he plays big. He's a big guy already. He's got a big presence. They give him that. Um, and so him doing this really small work throughout the whole time. Um, John Slattery plays a good foil to uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, this is my sixth favorite movie of all time. Wow. Wow. I, uh, I give it a, uh, a five, of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will. I going back to this. It is <laughs> actually the Hulk, Batman. <laughs> Leo Leo Schreiber was an X Men. Yeah. Um, John Slattery is uh, is Iron Man's dad. Uh, so was Stanley you know, Tucci anything? Uh, he's the Tucci. He's just always the Tucci. <laughs> so does this movie exist? <laughs> he's he's his own superhero. The Marvel Universe. Then is it? Is it, <laughs> it is. It, it's it a Marvel does. movie. It's a prequel. It's between, <laughs> it's between, uh, it's between Captain Marvel and uh, the first Avengers movie. So, there you go. <laughs> well, that means that Spotlight is going to get a fifteen point five on the grayscale, uh, which yeah. brings us around to uh, Elizabeth. Your next movie. Okay, so laugh at Sister me if Act you will. Two. No. <laughs> <sighs> No, okay, so laugh at me if you will, <laughs> but I'm going with 1956's Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston and Yul Brynner. Um, the reason being, <laughs> it molded me in a big way when I was a young child, probably eight, I think, or maybe nine, I saw this movie in our home church because it was a home church and the adults wanted to have their Bible study time and they didn't want us kids wreaking havoc anywhere, so they stuck us in... Uh, the room uh, a room in our friend's house they called it the den and it was just this dark room with a tv and <laughs> we would watch a movie the parents were doing their bible study and they turned on the ten commandments for us and terrified me to the point where i'm like god is so scary i can't handle it <laughs> um, like he kills the firstborn and I'm a firstborn. And then mom's like, well, actually it was the firstborn son. And so then I lost it. And I'm like, my brother, Mark's going to die. God's going to kill Mark. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, um, it, yeah, it's, it traumatized me. So my first spiritual trauma came from this movie, uh, the 10 commandments. I'm giving it uh 3.5 <laughs> for the trauma. <laughs> All right. Uh, Omar, have you seen the 10 commandments with Charlton Heston from the fifties? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I've seen clips, you know, sure. I've seen, you know, that's where Moses is parting in the sea. Is that, is that from 10 commandments? Yeah. I mean that, but you're asking yeah. the wrong guy. Cause I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I, was making, I was making sure I had the right clips before I kept like rambling in this, some other yeah. movie altogether. Like I'm talking about Ben Hur or some shit. So, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I I can't 1.5. I've never yeah. seen it. I, I'm 
have no desire to see it. I don't know why <laughs> a movie that gave you religious trauma and scared you to death as a child and ends up on your list, babe. But, I'm telling you, my, my list is really small. And in all honesty, like and he you took and sister I had act. A, he took sister, sister act. Yeah, sister act took, <laughs> and, threw you off, I think. And there's like three other movies on my list. So I'm, I'm like kind of screwed right now. So yeah, I don't think you're screwed. Okay. This was a really hard. Genre it was. For me. It really <laughs> maybe, was. Maybe, no, these, right. maybe these guys have seen it and can rate it higher, but yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. Dax, have you seen it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Nope. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> have you seen um, the 10 commandments? <laughs> I have. Okay. Uh, good. I, I, I watched this movie as a kid as well um i would love to go back and rewatch it now um, i have such a diversion to uh charlton heston just because of who he became uh you know through the 80s and 90s he's such a a foil for <laughs> for goodness in the world he just seems to be such a hateful negative person but uh, is he uh, is he the playboy guy the playboy guy no he's the nra I- guy Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Cold, dead hands. Yes. That's right. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, this this cast is really great. Um, uh, Edward G. Robinson. Um, just it's a it's it's like it was everyone that was a character actor in that period of time in Hollywood was in this movie. It was back when they did these huge epics. This movie is three hours and 40 minutes long. I mean, yeah, it is there's a, no way I'd watch it again there. It's like gone with <laughs> the, the Irishman. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's the Bible. I mean, it's the 10 commandments. It's one of the greatest stories ever told stories ever told. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> It, it should be watched. It should be watched by everyone. It's very much like Ben Hurts, a little homoerotic in certain points. Uh, lots of sweaty shirtless men in uh, Egypt and things like that. Uh, anyway, so uh, also uh, directed by Cecil B. DeMille, which uh, most people know Cecil B. DeMille because of I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille, as oh, a yeah. pop culture line that everyone uh, can kind of quote. But you know, most people wouldn't know who that is. Um, definitely didn't mold me. It is kind of terrifying. He's wearing almost like the, uh, almost like a Santa beard at one point. Um, it's kind of a, it's a, a hard movie to watch nowadays. Um, but Charlton Heston was one of the biggest actors in the world. He was, he was Moses for an entire generation of people. I mean, if you said, um, to any of our parents, you know, who's, Charlton Heston, they, oh, that's Moses. You know, they watched him multiple times uh, be Moses. And my mom actually met him one time at a party uh, and was just flabbergasted to meet him. She couldn't believe he was in front of her uh, and he was a jerk. But uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, was he wearing the beard, though? I was not born, so I don't know. I, I can check with her and get back to you. Um, that yeah uh i would probably give it a three i mean historically it's fantastic and i think it's an important movie there's not much i can say negative about it other than i just don't love it i can i can give it i can give it i knock it back about a half a point for acting and half a point for uh for directing and stuff it's there's nothing bad but it just doesn't it doesn't hit my sweet spot for me so it doesn't hold up no yeah no yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know that I want to after all that. Um, nope. You're good. <laughs> sorry. Elizabeth. It's, it's going to end up with a 9.5. 
on the uh, the grayscale. We have a couple of comments here in the uh, in the chat. I want to say, uh, and uh, the first one is from Renee, who says that that movie is as old as the Ten Commandments. Uh, <laughs> and then Nick says, "Can we count any movie about nine eleven to be a religious movie?" I want to play United ninety three. So uh, <laughs> anyway, Nick bets that Charlton Heston was wearing his NRA hat whenever he met Dax's mom, but it's going to get a nine point <laughs> five on the grayscale, which brings us Omar to your third movie. What do you got for us? Second, a second. Oh, excuse me, second. My bad. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. Um, I mean, I think I'm pretty safe now after you know playing the book of Eli, I was scared that somebody else might take it, but it was like, Oh, a lot of hate, a lot, a lot of hate on <laughs> poor Denzel in that, that, that time frame. So, um, this movie though, I'm really glad that I got, I get to play it as well. I rewatched it this week. Um, it is a long movie, um, two and a half hours. Uh, but for 2005, there was a lot of movies. I mean, like, I think Lord of the Rings trilogy was around there too, where you're like, people were just going to the movies and staying there um and uh this movie is another one that deals with the catholic church but just at a much later time frame of some of the evils that they were a part of um the knights templar are very heavy in this movie as well type of thing so like it's uh this movie is called the kingdom of heaven uh with uh legolas um as uh, one of the, orlando bloom playing one of the main characters uh he is uh i love his character um it, it's a long movie i'm gonna try to do this movie a little bit more justice in the book of eli so i'm not going to go through all the different stuff um but just he he was born like a bastard bastard kid of a knight um ends up uh be, you know becoming a knight uh really believing in you know what uh basically faith in god um through like a series of like uh shipwrecked um gets in a sword fight you know he, he he's he whenever many times he has the opportunity to take like i don't want to say the easy way but like he always chose faith or doing the right thing and and through all these different obstacles in his life it, it ends up coming back to him to where he's like kind of promoted amongst his ranks becomes a leader uh, um of knights it, it's it's one of those movies where it's so dynamic because you're dealing with uh like history some some based on based on loosely based on uh some true events um but you're painting what for the first time in my life in 2005 like as uh, Muslims or the Islam religion as possibly like not the enemy. It was it was it was uh, really well done. Just like putting like in light of the Crusades versus you know like as far versus like where is God in all this? Uh, one of the things that were like for Orlando Bloom's character that I thought was really interesting when his father died, he, he inherited land, and on his land he had like like Jews and Muslims and Christians and like like a handful of different like people i don't know was it christians i don't know what if the time frame is right or not i guess i should yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um yeah anyway so and and they're and they live peacefully on his land and he like got this like barren land to become like you know fruitful put his hard work into that and so like literally all everything along the way just shows his character and then at some point he's like you know i I serve God but I don't serve the church sort sort of attitude where he's like I, I I'm no longer can go with with 
the direction of like you know all of uh, fighting this holy war um but he's like i'm gonna defend the people who are behind these walls and it's it's a it's great on so many different levels I, i'm giving it a five um and i'm not even a huge orlando bloom fan but this is my favorite movie that he is in so all right uh kingdom of heaven gets a five from omar elizabeth have you seen kingdom of heaven i just watched it this week with omar for the first time um i am a huge orlando bloom fam fan <laughs> i think he is gorgeous and in this movie he is even more gorgeous <laughs> the question i have is how the heck did his hair stay wonderful the entire movie when everybody else's hair <laughs> went through various changes like i just need to know this um yeah, anyway. homegirl chopped all her hair <laughs> off at one point she looked completely different yeah she did but orlando bloom's hair is still like shiny and he puts his head down and it goes into his face all cute and he puts his hand through his hair and it's just like ah! anyway the beyond that the, co- <laughs> the magic of hollywood the the costuming was incredible and set in 8 and 1100 ad so i mean we're talking medieval times um the costumes were incredible the acting i loved it the actors they got they had there are several parts that are are relatively small parts but they got really big actors and well-known actors to play them there was one guy i was like oh my gosh i knew him and finally figured out where i knew him from um he was one of the doctors from gray's anatomy plays a very small role on these movies too so anyway i was i was pretty impressed with this movie um another bloody one but boy is it a good one i'm giving it a 4.5 taking half a point off just because it didn't mold me because i only just saw it last week all right. Um, Dax, have you seen Kingdom of Heaven? Um, I have not seen Kingdom of Heaven. Wow. What? Wow. I found a movie what? that you have not seen. That's uh, I can talk about it quite a bit, though. Uh, this movie, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it came out, was uh, it's Ridley Scott directed. Yes. Um, love Ridley Scott. Uh, it got so puts task for being a bad movie for being braveheart light for trying to capitalize on this lord of the rings sort of thing that we're talking about was happening around that time um and is is generally thought of as not a good movie just a lesser 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 ridley scott again uh and so it was it's a weird thing but this is the movie that everyone says, if you're going to watch the theatrical cut or you're going to watch the director's cut, it's very important to watch the three-hour director's cut version of this movie, that it is completely different. It holds way more water. The acting, everything is so much better. Um, and so for that reason, I've been trying to watch the director's cut, but it is not uh, high on my list of priorities. Uh and so I just have never, I've never got around to it. I purposefully avoided it for years and now want to see it, but want to see it the right way. Uh, the other funny thing about this movie, uh, not just it thought of as a bad movie, it did very poorly. $130 million budget, U.S. grossed $47 million. Ooh, that's uh, really sad. Worldwide, uh, $218 million. So it lost hundreds and millions of dollars Ooh. for... Ridley Scott for this movie, he really kind of got put back uh, a, a couple notches as far as what he could make next after this. Um, 
but you know, for all intents of purposes, the director's cut is a good movie. And uh, it, to me, it's just a statement that stop taking the cut away from the director. If they have a vision, let them make the movie they want to make. Cause it's always going to be better. Uh, it, it will at least be original. It will at least be their voice. Uh, then cut it down to the, whatever you want it to be for DVDs or whatever. But yeah, I want to see the director's cut. I wish I had seen it. I can only 1.5 sad. Okay. Um, I have never I mean, seen I'm, this movie either. Really? Ooh, really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I don't think I've even ever heard of it. Uh, but then again, I, you say you like Ridley Scott. I don't really care for Ridley Scott that much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just haven't seen it. I'm sorry, y'all. No, I mean, that's, that's like the, the two movies I was worried about you guys playing, you never would have played. So that's, <laughs> I, 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 that's the thing is like, I, I'm happy with being able to play him because I, I liked him so much still, sure. yeah. But, yeah. but that's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to. I wonder if you, I would you, like the cut I that think, Ridley Scott was not in charge of better. <laughs> I don't, I think I you would like it. this movie. Girl. I don't know. Is it available like on Netflix or anything? Uh, what was it? HBO maybe. Okay. I, I got that. I'll check it out. Um, well that means stars. the kingdom of heaven's actually stars, going to stars, be, stars, yeah. Oh, I don't have stars. Um, kingdom of heaven's going to be a little bit less than book of Eli. Uh, it's going to have 12.5 points on the grayscale. Um, let's see here. got a couple of comments. Uh, Nick and Renee going back and forth about why Orlando Bloom's hair was so nice. It's because, uh, uh, he's worth it. And he's been given L'Oreal apparently. Um, so there you go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, Omar. Uh, 12.5. It <laughs> seems like, it seems like it should be better. Uh, it should have a better score. I can't believe Dax. Has I mean, not I, mean seen this I mean, movie. I mean, I mean, I guess not. I mean, I, that's the thing I'm impressed about is that picked a movie that Dax has not seen. Like, like that, that shocks me. Like, I mean, I, I'm okay with him picking movies that, and he hates them, but I'm like, wow, he hasn't even seen this. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So that's going to bring us to my movie. Um, let's see here. All right. I'm having a real hard time trying to figure think, out. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Dax next? Yeah. Oh, you're exactly. totally right. What am I thinking? That's my bad, Dax. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, I have this new I have this new spreadsheet that is a little bit different than my other one uh, that I'm working on. So my my bad. I'll I'll uh, I'll be more mindful of that. All right, Dax's movie, your second movie. What do you got? Um, one of my very favorite movies uh, came out after, like, right after I got in my car accident. It is 2004's Saved. Um, Damn it. This That's movie, my next movie. <laughs> this, no, it's it's not your next movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it was. Um, my goal is just to pick one of each of your favorite movies. Um, so Saved is about uh, a bunch of kids in a Christian school, uh, private school. Um, that is a very heavy faith-based school. Um, uh, and kind of what it's like when uh, things are a little bit too controlled as far as development of youth goes. Um, that, at least that's how I d- uh, break it down. Um, starring uh, Mandy Moore, um, 
Macaulay Culkin in one of two roles when he was kind of on his comeback. So he did this and then he did, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on the other one, uh, Party Monster around the same time. And um, also Patrick Fugit, Jenna Malone, uh, Eva Amiri, um, Martin Donovan, Mary Louise Parker. Um, so the premise essentially is, uh, is that Jenna Malone is uh, in love with her boyfriend. She's very happy going to this Christian school. She has really good friends. She's part of like the popular group. And then her boyfriend is gay. <laughs> and so she tries to help him not be gay. She hits her head uh, in the swimming pool and thinks she sees Jesus swimming to save her. And he says, do whatever you need to do to save him. And so she decides that if she has sex with him, that will, that will, you know, cure his gayness. That, yeah. Cure his gayness. Uh, <laughs> d- does not actually uh, change his uh, sexual preferences. His, sexual identity in any way. Um, and so then she's sent down the road of trying to deal with having, uh, having sinned in a way that is major, it makes her challenge her faith. It makes her um, question God, question her parents. Her boyfriend ends up getting sent away to a, uh, they call it a de-gayification center, <laughs> which are legit real things. Yeah. Um, they get, people get sent away to go come back straight. Um, um, and this movie is filled with really great music. It's really funny. Um, Mandy Moore is like the, there's no like bad guy in the movie, but if you're going to come up with a bad guy, I guess it's Mandy Moore. Um, a lot of really quotable lines in this movie. Like you made me drive my van into Jesus is pretty, pretty (laughs) memorable. Um, Macaulay Culkin dresses up. He's in a wheelchair in this movie. He dresses up for Halloween as a roller skate, <laughs> um, which is pretty great. He dances for money in the mall, pretending he's homeless. He shakes his chair back and forth, does a little clap. Uh, this movie's so fun. Uh, and it was also right after I had lost my faith. So one of the more poignant scenes was Jenna Malone standing under her church in front of a cross and saying, damn shit fuck and nothing happening and not feeling any different and not god didn't come down she wasn't struck down um and to me that was like a real it was a real moment of like oh i i'm making the right choice in my own life as well um they did a lot of research for this movie they went to christian in concerts they went to music festivals they went to christian camps to churches um when the pastor comes out of the school the first time seems pastor skip he does a front flip onto the stage <laughs> which is something it's martin donovan too which is he is not a gymnast no uh and so it's just a, there are a lot of really funny things that they saw in real christian circles um people speaking in tongues in this movie um a lot of stuff it ends in a really great climactic scene uh where everyone goes to prom all the kids from the gay center uh show up and uh push their way into church um uh, Jenna Malone ends up being pregnant, going to prom in a big pregnant dress. Um, 
it's a really it's a heartfelt movie it's really lovely uh it's really funny and i will give it five all right uh elizabeth have you seen saved i have not seen saved i've seen the trailer you so should (laughs) yeah i think you'd really like it uh omar have you seen saved i have not seen saved okay um and i was i was realizing it's because during that time like i was definitely not an ally i was i was not out of my faith you know what i mean and and also mm-hmm. i was not a Mandy Moore fan same. so same um, with, with, with 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 those three combinations i was like that had no no desire to but it's like one of those things listen to you talk about it i mean i think i would enjoy it but i never it's never crossed my mind to even revisit um but i can remember like it being advertised and i mean the circles i was in it was like just you know like Look at that shitty film, you know, make making fun of the church or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is on Amazon right now. If you want to go watch it, anybody, it's definitely, uh, so it's a, it would be a really good date night movie for you guys. I think you would, uh, have a lot of fun and enjoy it. Yeah. That, 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 that is an idea, especially if somebody plays one of our other date night ones. We... <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> I mean, at this point, maybe I'm not thinking about it. If I want to get something that people have seen, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, Nick in the comments, he, he put one of the quotes, you know, Dax said this is a pretty quotable movie. He, he put the, the quote that Mandy Moore's character says uh, when she says, I am filled with the love of Christ, like really yeah. angrily. <laughs> <laughs> she, she goes to, uh, she thinks Jenna Malone is losing her face. So she goes to kidnap her in her van. They're going to perform an exorcism on her. Uh, and she throws her Bible at her and says, this is not a weapon. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Then the actual, the exorcist movie is playing. The song is playing over the, the piano is playing over the scene. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So awesome. as I had mentioned, you, Chris? yeah, as I had mentioned this, this was my next movie to play. Um, the, the director, Brian Danley, actually, this movie is based on his experience as a gay teenager at an evangelical high school. Um, and so it's, it's interesting uh you know to kind of see his story play out and then to have so many parallels like i did not watch this in 2004 in 2004 i was a christian like pretty hardcore this is not something that i would have really appreciated at the time um but whenever i did get around to seeing it it really struck home because i was like i've been in every single situation uh you know almost that's that's here um but you 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 were a pregnant teen (laughs) well speaking of the pregnancy one thing that's actually pretty redeeming about this movie it's not like a a total critique of christianity it's more about organized religion like the ending of the movie is pretty cool because um you know whenever jenna malone's character uh mary has her baby uh, it actually renews her faith in a loving god that doesn't judge um you know of course while uh all of her christian uh judges or whatnot uh of course reap the benefit of their hypocrisy uh but it, it's 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 really lighthearted in the end um of course if you're a christian there's some controversial stuff but it's it's a sweet movie uh and i it was on my list i'm gonna give it a five uh which means that saved is gonna get 13 points on the grayscale it's a great movie uh, a really good pick there dax um all right a quick little uh round two recap uh so i played spotlight they got 15.5 points 
Elizabeth played the Ten Commandments, which got which got nine point five points. Omar played the Kingdom of Heaven with twelve point five points, and Dax played Saved, which got thirteen points. Uh, last round, y'all, are you ready? Ready. 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 It's, it's really interesting the scoring on like some of these movies. Like even so, like I felt a little bit better with uh, Dax's last movie being played, and you said it's one of your top movies as well. And yeah. neither one of us have seen it. It's just interesting how how it's being played out. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I was going to play the lighthearted movie Saved here because both of my movies have been pretty dark, <laughs> I guess, in theme. And so I wanted <laughs> I wanted something playful and fun. And so now I've got two more movies to choose from. One is very dark and the other one's playful and fun, but also kind of <laughs> dark. So I don't know which one to choose. If I had to choose the better movie... I'm gonna go for. I, I don't think. I don't think you guys will have seen this, but uh, I'm gonna go with the the light and funny one for the most part, uh, and that is 2005's Everything Is Illuminated. Um, this is written uh, and directed, actually. It, well, the screenplay was written uh, by Lee Schreiber, who we talked about earlier from uh, from Spotlight. Uh, it's based on the Jonathan Safran Foer novel of the same name. Uh, the movie stars Elijah Wood, uh, Eugene Hutz, and Boris Leskin. Um, and so the synopsis for the film is essentially that uh, Jonathan Safran Foer is a young, quiet, quirky Jewish uh, vegetarian, <laughs> which uh, his being a vegetarian is actually like a lot of the comedy of the film. Um, there's a scene where he's telling these, uh, you know, Soviet era uh, people that he doesn't eat meat and they're just all completely confused by it. Like what the, what the hell are you talking about? You know? And so they, they serve him a single potato <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that, that even the dog won't eat. But uh, but anyways, um, Jonathan has a compulsion to collect artifacts from his family history and, and his daily life. And he's kind of compelled uh, to kind of explore his, you know, Judaism and, and try to like see what it's all about and whatnot. And so he decides to take a trip to Ukraine to visit the shtetl, which is a, a small Jewish town uh, that his grandfather fled from during the Holocaust. Uh, and he does this in hopes of finding the woman that saved him. He wants to meet her and, of course, thank her. Um, whenever he flies to Ukraine, uh, he's met by his tour guide. <laughs> and his tour guides are uh, the anti-Semitic duo of Alex, who is obsessed with 90s hip-hop culture, and his supposedly blind grandfather. Uh, and it, it's so funny to kind of see the the them play off each other because the grandfather saying all these anti-Semitic things, um, you know, and and Jonathan only speaks English, and so uh, Alex <laughs> oh, is trying no. to cover up his grandfather's you know horrible things he's saying or whatnot. Um, and spoiler alert if you have not seen this movie, uh, but their journey, of course, they they end up at the town, but they don't find the woman they're looking for. Uh, but what they do find is that. Uh, the grandfather who of course has been anti-Semitic the whole time. Um, he comes to grips with the fact that he was Jewish and hid his identity, uh, you know, to, in order to save himself. And, and he, because wow. of his experience, he was hiding for, you know, uh, however many years that was uh, his, his Jewish identity and, and his religion. Um, he, he had to ditch it because he wanted to, to not die. Uh, and so, um, 
you know, it, it's a, it's a beautiful movie. It's really bright and colorful. Um, the cinematography is great. Uh, and of course I don't want to give away too much about the ending. I already gave away a lot, but it's, it's something that's worth seeing. I think you'll laugh a lot. I think you may even be touched at the end. Um, I actually read the book before I watched the movie. Uh, the, they're quite different. The, the movie kind of takes away a lot of the magical realism elements from the book. Um, and really focuses on modern, the modern day uh, search for uh, the, the shtetl, the trash and bride is what it's called. Um, and so anyway, it, it's, it's a great movie and uh, I, I would give it a, a 4.5 on the grayscale. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen everything is illuminated? I have not. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, Omar, have you seen everything is illuminated? Sorry, Chris. I mean, I, I, like, I like Elijah Wood. Um, yeah. This is another one. I, I'll watch this. You know, I think you should watch uh, The Kingdom of Heaven. I think both of you guys should watch that. And yeah. I'll watch, I'll watch Saved and, you know, yeah. everything is illuminated. I will not watch The Ten Commandments. I'm not. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, so 1.5. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. Uh, Dax, I hope you have seen this movie. I have. Yeah. Uh it's a it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's got a lot of layers, like you're talking about, um, and I, I don't know. Elijah Wood is a really interesting Hollywood character, just at all. I mean, the <laughs> fact that he uh, he's so into horror movies. He's done a bunch of horror remakes. He's done um, big, huge budget movies, but he does these weird little quirky indies like this as well. And he does them with the same sort of passion and, um, and love that he puts into, you know, anything that's going to be his brand, you know, um, one of the weird, uh, the weird little standout performances, as you were talking about is the lead singer of, uh, Google Bordello is in there. Uh, weird, uh, folky punk band, uh, uh, he's in another uh, interesting religious movie as well uh, that I'll talk about at some point. Uh, I, I love this movie. I think it's really sweet. I think that it is. It, I, I, I've heard about the book. I haven't read the book. I've heard that there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of uh, more kind of fantasy elements to it. Yeah. Um, but that it's, uh, it's, it's still very stylized as far as a movie. I, I think it's more realistic. It's not so much uh, like CG special effects kind of stuff. Um, I need to, I need to watch it again. I've seen it once or twice, probably twice. Um, I give it a four. Awesome. Um, yeah. Like the practical effects are great. Like they, they drive around Ukraine in this old Soviet area era car. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to keep talking about it cause uh, I could talk about it for a while, but uh, okay. Well, that means that uh, everything is illuminated is going to get an 11.5 on the grayscale. Uh, that's going to bring us to Elizabeth's final movie. What do you got? Yeah, All right, guys. So bring it. I'm going with, I'm going with Bruce Almighty. <laughs> nice. It was one of my backup movies, but I'm going with Bruce Almighty because not bad. Um, it, okay, it stars Jim Carrey. I didn't write any facts down on this one because it was on my backups list, <laughs> um, so I don't know when it was put out or anything. But but um, I'm going to mention it because it illuminated for me the way people view 
God in a different light than the way I had viewed God up to that point. If that makes sense. Like I had always seen God as like, you know, my best friend and he was always just a close guy. um, Yeah. Right. And then um, (laughs) just the way Jim Carrey is and he portrays God the way 2003. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the way he portrays God for what is it? 24 hours. um, It's just, hilarious and makes you laugh at the concept you know what i mean yeah so um, i'm i'm giving bruce almighty a four it for jim carrey and for my lack of knowledge of the movie (laughs) (laughs) all right uh omar have you seen bruce almighty i have i have this is an interesting play uh i'm i'm glad it got played um i thought about maybe putting on the list, but, and didn't, didn't make it. But so 2003, like that's, um, it's significant, significant because like we said, this is like during like the, like the height of when I was working at evangelical church and everything. And so, and this was to some people, you know, kind of like heretical, you know, because it's portraying God in a different way than like mainstream Christianity might portray it. But I also really like Jim Carrey. So it was one of those things <laughs> where I didn't care. You know, I was like, Jim Carrey's not going to put out something bad. And at this point in his, in his career, like he really, in my opinion, hadn't. So, um, and maybe, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, yeah, and I thought it, you know, was well done. Uh, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, Morgan Freeman as God, like, like elizabeth said it challenged some of the ways that maybe i view god but not in a way that like it left me like it basically just opened me up to be able to watch more movies that might like be questionable does that if that makes any sense like, sure it, it, yeah. Like, it didn't, yeah it didn't hurt it, like the questions that were being asked or the way it was presented they didn't hurt it wasn't like a confrontational thing and so it was like i was like yeah i can i can get roll with this it's you know it's a, a spoonful comedy, of so. sugar helps the medicine go down right like it's, <laughs> it's comedy it's supposed to be this way or something like that it's not it's not realistic so anyway so yeah um and then jennifer Anderson, i mean come on so um i give this movie a, i'll give it uh i give it a four all right talk about, uh, talk about amazing hair Okay, moving on. <laughs> the Rachel. Uh, Dax. Yeah, it's her hair. We are always staring at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know you boys. It's okay. Dax, what do you think about Bruce Almighty? Um, I I think this movie is really fun. Uh, Jim Carrey is such an interesting actor, especially nowadays. Right. Uh, everything <laughs> that he's done recently. Um, and especially, you know, post Eternal Sunshine. Uh, yeah. he really kind of went, went a new direction and this is kind of the end of that traditional Jim Carrey machine that he was doing. He still made some movies. He made yes, man. He made fun with Dick and Jane. Um, both of those kind of had a, a more political slant to them in certain ways. Um, and so I don't know. I, I think Jim Carrey's an interesting guy. Uh, most people forget because he's so into culture. Now this is the first time pretty much anyone had seen Steve Carell and mm-hmm. he right. has the scene where he's doing the Jim Carrey lip miming. And it's one of the hardest moments I've ever laughed at in a theater watching a movie. It was so funny. Um, this is also the period where uh, going to the movies with your friends was 
everything. And I'm pretty sure we went and saw this a couple times, uh, just cause it was so much fun. Um, I don't know that it molded me exactly. Um, and I haven't watched it in a while, but I actually, when going through the list of things, uh, for this podcast, I realized that I probably should sit down with my 10 year old and watch this movie. He loves Jim Carrey. He loves, uh, comedies. He gets jokes. He gets satire and everything. And so I think he would really appreciate this movie. Um, and it did everything you guys are saying where it, it really opened the idea of like, you know, God is sarcastic in this movie. He's mm-hmm. teaching you lessons, but he's kind of an asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really fun. I think it's nice to not take our religion, our faith, our God so seriously, because it is so serious. I mean, even most of these movies we're talking about, the 10 commandments is not very funny. Uh, the Bible is not very funny. And to give that sort of humor and levity to religion and faith, it's, uh, it's really great. Um, we, I, we didn't honestly go too deep into even the premise of the movie. Um, but essentially Jim Carrey just learns how difficult it is to run the world as God. He gets, he takes over for God. Um, funnily enough too, they made a sequel um, yeah. with Steve Carell. Yeah. yeah. And, and he Evan essentially, be, yeah, he becomes Moses. Um, <laughs> Moses or Noah? I think oh, it was oh, Noah. Noah. That's right. Yes, so he this did. Might be somebody's, you can't talk. You can't talk about it. it. Might be somebody's movie. It's just a. It's an interesting little <laughs> thing. I, I'd be curious if they don't make more at some point. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I uh, three point five is what I will give this on the scale. Okay. Um, I have seen this movie a total of once. And the only reason I saw this movie was because my wife made me watch it after we went and saw Evan Almighty uh, in the theaters together. (laughs) Uh, She was a huge Gilmore Girls fan and Lauren Graham was in Evan Almighty. Um, And so Uh. that's why we went and saw it in the first place. (laughs) And uh, she liked it. And so we we saw Bruce Almighty and uh, it was charming, you know, cute little movie. Uh, I would give it a three on the grayscale, which means that uh, Bruce Almighty is getting 14.5 points. It's on Peacock right now. Thank you. It's on Peacock right now for anyone who wants to watch it. And you know what else is on Peacock right now is Dr. Death, which has an incredible (laughs) score uh, and is actually really well done. And I highly recommend it. It's um, not a movie. It's Omar's not turn, not movie. your turn. It's not, but I, I just a little plug there. It was a really plug. good. I actually, that's funny because I've heard uh, one of my favorite podcasts. The guys talk about that. They've been yeah. plugging that as well. So yeah, uh, it's I'm, good. I'm down. I want to watch it. Yeah, uh, Omar, heard- what's your uh, what's your final movie here? Oh man, I'm trying to stall because I don't really know which one I'm going to pick at all. Evan Almighty. It kind of rhymed, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm still now I'm thinking about Dr. Death because you know that's also there's a Dr. Death podcast as well. Anyway. Yeah, it was good. Um shit, man. Anything that I'm gonna pick now isn't to me like those first two. I'm glad I got to talk about them, even though fuck you guys in your opinion, but of <laughs> God's <laughs> not dead, too. And oh man, um Passion of the Christ. I'm gonna uh, dude, you know, it's on Tubi right now. <laughs> we've all seen it, but I don't know. I'm going to talk about a, a movie called Joshua. I think um, right. this this movie came out in 2002. Um, 
I'm looking it up on IMDb right now. Um, it's based on the book by the same name, not the book in the Bible. I was going to say. But, <laughs> but, it was a book. But, is so, a book. Basically, this this movie, uh, 2007, I... No, that's not it. Holy shit. That's the wrong movie. Yeah, not the horror movie. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Like, that's, the one I, that's, the, that's the one I just clicked on. Not like, that oh, one. Wrong, Let's please talk about show. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, this, this, this movie is very lesser known um has the guy who played president in scandal uh as basically kind of a remake what if jesus came back nowadays kind of feel um and i'm having a hard time finding it on imdb right now so i'm just going to kind of talk about it for memory and why i'm picking this movie on my to put on my list even though i'm scared that maybe only one of you have seen it um so to me, this movie like was so good because the way they set it up is like this stranger comes in town and you know everyone's kind of curious you know, what's he about. He starts like doing miracles and you know ba- rebuilding like the local church that had burnt down and all, all these like really just touching people's lives in a very real way. But it always built up because at first it was kind of like just normal just being kind christian like behavior that we all could do but then all of a sudden like he's like bringing people back from the dead which gets him like notification like notifications gets him noticed by like the vatican you know so then he's like taking this major journey like to rome and like it, so it builds up to where okay like this is obviously jesus in nowadays but it, you don't really know that for most of the movie and it's set in this quaint little like country town sort of feel and he's just like this stranger and like yeah, kind of like it makes you feel like anybody any of us could be jesus you know and like you know like he's had this faith because he didn't come say hey i'm like the great savior of the world he's just like doing kind things every day that ends up getting them um anyway so this movie was impactful to me because it was a time where I was like working at the Dream Center, which is a drug and alcohol drug and alcohol rehab. Well, I can't speak rehabilitation center, and um, we watched a lot of movies, and a lot, and they all had to be Christian because the people who ran the facility it was a Christian facility, faith based ran, and they were like real strict on what what we can and can't watch, and I got in trouble by like you know trying to like gray area some movies but this is one of the ones that was like on repeat in the rehab and it was one of the few that i could really like it was as well acted if i could find it on imdb and actually there it is um like there are some people that you guys would actually recognize that went on to like you know like uh okay so the, the cast uh kurt fuller um plays father pat um you know it was just kind of a court uh, father, so you know, basically a preacher for Catholics, because I wasn't Catholic, obviously. Uh, Tony Goodwin, Goldwin, is the one who played Joshua, so that's the guy who, who's in Scandal, plays the president. Uh, F. Murray a- Abraham is in there as another father, uh, and so like, I mean, there's some people in here that you would actually really recognize, and so it was, it was well acted um, for a Christian movie, so that's why I put it on my list because most Christian done movies like this, um, it got really some shitty B rated sort of like a 
Kirk Cameron type bullshit going on. So, um, <laughs> um, for it saving me many a times in my boredom, um, at the rehab center, I, I give it a, a 4.5. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen Joshua? I have, I've also read the book and let me tell you, they match up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say though, um, it has, I think the movie has a real Hallmark feel, um, Hallmark channel movie kind of feel to it for sure. Um, but I did enjoy it when I watched it. Don't you I like don't Hallmark channel film movies though? Isn't that like your, I do in, in your alley. I, I, I watch them, but they don't get high scores for me. Sorry, babe. So, <laughs> so it's going to 3.5 for me. 3.5. Okay. Uh, Dax, what do you think about Joshua? You recognize I wasn't disagreeing. It does have that feel, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't seen this movie. I, uh, I, uh, That's two, two movies, two movies. Two one episode. movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've not gone far down the uh, Christian faith-based produced movies very much. I've seen a handful of them that uh, that are uh, interesting, either stories or um, uh, were kind of cu- became culturally relevant in one way or another. Um, so I've seen a handful, um, but for the most part, it's I I don't find a whole lot uh, of really good acting directing in that it's just uh um uh there's a market for it and people are making a lot of money uh making movies for people that are being underserved and to me that's that's not my favorite thing so that's kind of the reason that i i shy away from those things uh as much as i do um it is funny though because i i see the cast and I, i would i would watch this movie it's not that i avoid it out of principle or anything like that but uh yeah uh can't can't rate it though all right uh that means because i haven't seen it either i've never <laughs> even heard of it um that josh i'm sorry omar uh josh was gonna get 11 points on the gray scale uh and before we go to our final movie with dax we have a few people in the comments that are begging us to play certain movies uh nick is asking us if we'll please play the sandlot uh because it has a blind person of color in there like the book of eli uh <laughs> Uh, he really wants me to try to make a case for Back to the Future being a religious movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, he says, I would love to see that argument. <laughs> he says, play Forrest Gump. They prayed for shrimps and they got shrimps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely some religious elements to that movie. But. <laughs> what was his name? Captain Bob or Ed or Bob or what was his name? He does Lute- yell at Lieutenant, God. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Come Lieutenant on. Dan. Sorry. He does yell at God. So there, there's precedence there. Uh, yeah, that's a good case. <laughs> I think Captain Bob was a whole nother movie. All right. Right. So, so <laughs> I wasn't laughing at anything you were saying about Joshua. I was laughing at the comments. I just want you to know that. Okay. Uh, oh, oh right. I, I, I knew, <laughs> I knew that like when I played this, my best bet is that Elizabeth would actually like it because it has got some cheese. I, and that maybe see Dax, I'm questionable. Like these movies that you're watching, like, like, <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> 
I want to know where you where you actually watched this movie. I know you said where, like location where, but you must have had a physical copy of this movie because I do not see the we ability did. to watch it anywhere. Um, and but I'm curious. Also, I was trying to look it up while you were talking to see if it got a theatrical release because I, around 2002 there were not a lot of the religious theatrical releases, but the budget was $9 million and had three, you know, name actors in it. And I'm just, I'm really flabbergasted a little bit, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those things like, uh, it, it was a cheesy Hallmark movie, but like there was really good acting in it. So it was one of those like gym, like rare, rare does it happen? Like, so I don't fault anybody for not seeing it. But had you seen it, you would know that it is a very good movie. So. Well, all right. Uh, making the case for Joshua that no one will ever be able to find ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dax, <laughs> your, your final movie of our religious uh, themed movies here. What, what do we got? Um, so I, I had, like I said, I had this huge list and I had one as a backup that I was kind of curious if I was going to play it or not. <sighs> I think I'm just going to go with my original three. Um, so my last movie is 1999's uh, Kevin Smith directed dogma. Okay. Um, and this is uh, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon with Linda Florentino Um Everyone wants Ben and Matt to work together after Goodwill Hunting, and they have. And nobody really talks about this movie as this great Ben and Matt buddy performance, but it's so good. It's the first time that Kevin let Jay and Silent Bob kind of be the second lead in a movie, the big part of it. Um, there's so many cameos, there's so many parts. Uh, Janine Garofalo. Jason Lee, Alan Rickman plays the Metatron, which is the voice of God. Um, a bunch of people from the Kevin Smith movies that people would know. Selma Hayek, Chris Rock. I mean, this cast list is great. George Carlin, uh, on and on and on. Alanis Morissette George plays Carlin God. George Carlin still around then? I mean, yeah, he was in uh, Jersey Girl even after that with Kevin. Oh my gosh. Um, this is 99, sir. Yeah, uh, okay. And so lots of really great stories about this movie. I could literally do an hour and a half on this movie. Cause I've seen it so many times and know so much about it. Um, one of my very, it's not about the movie, but I'll tell you real quick. I owned all the Kevin Smith movies to date, wanted to go buy it, went to my local Walmart. Cause I was the only place to buy movies in my town. It was not there. So the next closest place was the next closest Walmart drove there. They didn't have it. Went to the next Walmart. They didn't have it as well. Decided to go to the mall to get it. Um, get to the mall right as it's closing. It's 9.05. The mall is closed. I can't get in and buy it. So my friends and I decide, we'll just stay out all night and we'll just get it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Went to IHOP, went to the skate park, slept in the car a little bit, pushed each other in, uh, in shopping carts into bushes, uh, all the normal <laughs> teenage quality smart choices, um, <laughs> and got into the store finally early early in the morning 10 o'clock walked in 25 dollars. i don't have money for this went home <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> uh, so i i definitely have an emotional connection it molded a whole night of my life um and gave me one of my favorite stories with a couple of my friends so um the story is 
I'm going to give you the short version. Uh, an abortion clinic worker uh, with a special heritage, she is a descendant of Jesus, uh, is called upon to save uh, humanity from being negated by two renegade angels, Ben and Matt, uh, trying to exploit a loophole in uh, heaven. So they were kicked out of heaven um, and sent to Ohio <laughs> um, as punishment. And uh, so, awesome. <laughs> so they, they see an article in a newspaper that gets mailed to them that uh, essentially says that through Catholic law, George Carlin is the Catholic preacher in the movie, um, that you can, once you enter the church, you are essentially saved. And so if they enter the church after transubstantiating, meaning cutting their angel wings off, they become human. They can go to the church, be saved, then die and get back into heaven. But if they do that, that negates God and his uh, kicking them out of heaven and then will undo existence. And the, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the idea of this is uh, Jason Lee's idea. His character's name is Azriel. He's a demon who is trying to make all of this happen. So that way he can get out of hell because he doesn't like hell. Uh, he takes over a lady's house and his he favorite does. part is the central heat and air. So he turns on the AC <laughs> full blast. Um, ben and Matt are Bartleby and Loki. Um, it's a Don likes hell. And it is so funny. Um, Jay and Silent Bob are the, they get called prophets um, in the movie. Uh, Chris Rock plays the 13th apostle. Um, they talk about that God was probably black, that, uh, <laughs> that Joseph and Mary had sex after they had Jesus. Um and a lot of things that would be considered potentially controversial things to say. But as Kevin has said in uh, uh, many interviews, there is a rubber poop monster in this movie. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we, we, you can't take it too seriously. Um, Alanis plays God, which is really great. And they go into, is God a man or a woman? Uh, Chris Rock says he's not really a man or a woman. He's not really anything, you know, um, Kevin got, 300,000 pieces of hate mail. He got wow. two, two, he says three, but it's two and a half death threats. Um, <laughs> one of them, one of them was like, you know, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then they kind of took it back at the end. Oh, uh, maybe not. And uh, my favorite one that he tells one of the death threats is based on um, Bill Donahue was actively going against this movie for, Essentially, um, Michael Eisner and Disney were set to distribute it at one point because it was a Miramax movie and Miramax had uh, large funding through Disney. And so eventually it got redistributed to Lionsgate and everyone was like, hooray, we won. And they were like, the movie's still coming out. But they were like, yeah, but not from Disney. <laughs> and that was that was the whole plot. Wow. Uh, so one of the death threats was... Uh, it, it, then he's talking about Bob and Harvey Weinstein says you and your Jew buddies better start investing in flak jackets. Cause we're coming in there with shotguns. Wow. Your brothers in Christ. Um, <laughs> and so this movie has, a, it had a lot of heat around it. It had an amazing cast, very funny. And Kevin's coming off of chasing Amy, which he won an indie spirit award for screenplay. He was two votes away from 
an Oscar nomination at this point from Chasing Amy. And this is one of his very best films for sure. If you have any religious history or religious trauma, um, this movie can really revitalize your faith in a way that you wouldn't expect it to because it's not only not taking itself too seriously, but it's breaking down a lot of the, the dogma, as the title says, that we right. get so caught up in. We get caught up in these are the rules. It's one way. And if you go, you know, God's not a man. I don't know what he is. Why, why, how should I know that? Like, yeah, I don't know what color Jesus was, but like, chances are he's probably darker complected than we portray him in America. I mean, there are a lot of really interesting topics in this movie, but first and foremost, it's really fucking funny. It's so weird. It's quirky. Uh, I love the Ben and Matt uh, buddy sort of stuff in this movie. Um, some of the Jay and Silent Bob stuff isn't super workout, but you know, Jay and Silent Bob have always been a, a little controversial as far as characters go. They're not good guys. They're supposed to be idiots, you know? Um, yeah, I would definitely, I don't know how many people have seen this, but I for sure am going to give it a uh, five. Um, it is also one of the very first Kevin movies to really make money at a $10 million budget made $30 million worldwide, which uh, if you know movie math, it basically just broke even. Um, but uh, still uh, on paper looked good. Kevin got to keep going on, make more movies. Um, and for my money, this is maybe his most, uh, um, I don't know if, it's not controversial, but the it's, it's the most ambitious project in my opinion. So yeah, uh, I really love it. All right. Um, so Dax gives Dogma a five. Elizabeth, have you seen Dogma? I have not. All right. Uh, Omar, have you seen Dogma? I have. Um, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, I like Ben and Matt. I, as your talking about it i definitely like uh kevin smith movies like chasing amy and clerks and things like that but jane salad bob i've ne- like i'm like i don't know if you guys saw the reboot or anything like that i just don't think they're funny like they had they have like as as side characters maybe but like i don't know they didn't they didn't help the movie and that's for sure um but uh I think it was great. I think you said a lot of a lot of good cameos for that time. I didn't watch it like in theater or anything like that. I didn't watch it for a while. So like it was one of those things like when I finally got around to watching it, um I you know this was like after I mean I, I you know, questioning dogma or questioning religion, questioning that stuff wasn't wasn't an issue. So I you know it was it was one of those things like I um, so I got to enjoy it for what it's worth. And like you said, it, it, it actually has a much different feel than like, say, like maybe I made there was talk about it when it first came out and stuff like, you know, like, you know, how it's heretical or whatever I was in those circles. But like, I mean, actually watching it, you don't, you don't get feel from it. You know, it's like, you know, those are like good questions, you know, like you're, you're like, it's, you're making the jokes, but you're approaching them kind of intellectually, which is kind of like, you know, Kevin Smith style anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I like the movie. I give it a, I give it a four. All right. Um, and I, let me, I, I want to preface this by saying that whenever I watched, oh my God. have you not, have you not? Okay. 
No, I've seen it. Have you not seen it? I have I have seen it, but I want to preface this by saying that I watched the majority of Kevin Smith movies that I've seen uh, before being out of religion. And I wonder if I were to go back and watch them now with different lens, would it, you know, uh, maybe enhance my appreciation of these films? Uh, I will say that out of all the ones that I've seen, Dogma is definitely my favorite of, of the movies I've seen of his. Um, I do not care for clerks. Uh, I've never really been a fan of, uh, uh, rats is the other one. Exactly. Like any of that stuff. Uh, but this movie actually is something that I remember laughing at. Uh, and you know, it's, it's a movie that I thought was pretty cool and, and interesting and, um, you know, had some pretty, uh, I don't know, like you said earlier, ambitious ideas, uh, and certainly a star studded cast. Um, I, I, having said that, I don't love Kevin Smith and I know that that's blasphemy in, you know, uh, cinephile, uh, world, um, cinephobes. <laughs> um, my, probably my, one of my least favorite movies of all time is a Kevin Smith movie called Tusk. Uh, and I'm sure Dax would absolutely disagree with me on my opinions of that movie. But anyway, um, I'm going to give, because I did like the movie, I am going to give it a three, uh, which gives Dogma a 13.5 on the gray scale, which I think is pretty good. So that's it. That's it. Uh, do we want to uh, do we want to go ahead and, and figure out which movies got the top five here? Yeah, let's do that. And then we can do some honorable mentions because there's a lot that we can mention there. Well, I would actually like if it's cool with everyone to save our honorable mentions for our Patreon members. That's right. That's what yeah. we should do because there, yeah. there are a lot of good ones. So, but. Definitely. I've got a bunch to talk about here. So uh, we're going to go ahead and do the, uh, the, the top five list here. And also uh, we'll look at uh, our, uh, who won the game. And then if you're a Patreon member, which you can join for how much Omar? Uh, $2 a month. $2 a month. month. Very simple. And one thing that we're going to end up doing is, is that we have uh, each of us has a studio. And if you join our Patreon, uh, we'll actually end up playing for you. Uh, and uh, you, you may actually win something. So uh, something to look forward Discount to. Discount codes and merch and things like that. And a, a fun little survey to figure out which studio you might belong. You may already think that you know just by different people's movie choices and stuff like that. But uh, as a fun little questions and some of the answers that you're answering are actually our answers. And I would let you know kind of like maybe which studio you belong in. Maybe it's different than you might think. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe not. That's something we're working on for you guys. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and talk about our top five movies. Elizabeth, do you, have you been following along with the math here? Yeah, Good. I have been. Good. Okay. So do you want to uh, do our top five movies then? I know we have a couple I, of ties. We do have a couple of ties. Okay, so in fifth place, as long as I've got this right, <laughs> at 12.5 <laughs> points is The Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. At, in fourth place, there was a tie with 13 points, The Book of Eli, and Saved. In third place, there was another tie with Sister Act, and Dogma, they had 13.5 points. Second place with 14.5 points was Bruce Almighty. Yep. And tied for first place with 15.5 points is There Will Be Blood and Spotlight. Perfect. Yep. So guess it. who won the game? 
if you track, it's interesting because both of Chris's movies are first place, and both of Dax's movies are second place, which I thought was also interesting too. So that's that is interesting. Yeah, uh, Nick. Real quick before we say who the winner is, he says that Clerks Two is a god tier movie. Fight me. So yep. sorry, sorry, Nick. I I just disagree. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right. I've got the totals uh, in fourth place in fourth place with 35.5 points is Elizabeth. Yep. In <laughs> third place with 36.5 points right where he belongs is Omar Williams. <laughs> uh, in second place with 36.5 points is Oh, excuse me. Second place with uh, 40 points is Dax, which means that I am the winner with 42.5 points. Yeah. Congratulations. I get to, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. I get to decide the, the order for next time. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yes, you do. And, and Elizabeth, you did me a solid by putting me first. So I'm going to remember that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was a fun episode, everybody. What a great list and actually a great idea. I mean, as a podcast, our side podcast, Fade to Gray, that talks mostly about religious stuff. Uh, this was an excellent idea. And I had a lot of fun doing this. I'm a, yeah. I'm, there's, there's some ones I'm really surprised I didn't hear. There were like, I've got a couple on my uh honorable mentions i a hundred percent thought would be played and i'm incredibly confused by what has happened well, well that's the thing is I, i'm looking at the list and i know that like if i would have played a couple of these like you the passion was mentioned you know that's going to get a higher score than like because all four of us have probably have seen that and then something like the shack there's probably a high, high probability we've all seen that and actually um they're just to plug some more you know patreon member stuff uh, me and elizabeth sat down and did like a, a date night movie type podcast review talk where she like she's also has read the book and we talked because we talked about the shack because um it's actually it was impactful because the author i've listened to a few times on the podcast just as a little spoiler so like that's we, we talked a little bit about that and if you guys don't know our story from fade to gray we get in a little bit of like the history um of, of why that movie was impactful but I, I didn't think it was as impactful enough to put on the list. But at the same time, if I would put that over Joshua, maybe I would have like, you know, still lost. Doesn't matter. I, <laughs> I, I think you would have uh, maybe done even worse. Who knows? Um, <laughs> all right. I want to say thanks to everybody. Uh, definitely check us out on all the social medias and go join our Patreon. It's only two bucks a month and we'll see you later. Later.